Welcome back to the Next Level Leadership Podcast, where we explore the transformative power of leadership. I'm your host, Cameron Giddings, and today we have a very special episode in store for you. We have a truly remarkable guest joining us. She's an automotive trailblazer, a master mechanic, and a force to be reckoned with. Her name is Bogey. She's got an incredible story to share, a story of perseverance, teamwork, and challenging the norm. Throughout this conversation, we'll explore how automotive repair can be different, what it means to lead from the front and the back, and how fostering a culture of excellence can transform not only our teams, but also the guest experience. Bogey's genuine and authentic approach has resonated with countless individuals, and her journey is a testament to the impact that a shared vision and unwavering determination can have on an entire industry. Get ready to be inspired, challenged, and reminded of the incredible difference we can make when we come together as one team. So without further ado, let's dive into this empowering conversation with the one and only Bogey. Now everybody, as I was saying, we have got a just incredible guest here with us today, and she has truly just brought this genuineness, this authentic approach, and completely altered the face of automotive and has just achieved absolutely incredible things. It is my pleasure to welcome to the show the one and only Bogey. Bogey, thank you so much for being here with us today. Hello, hello. Thank you so much for having me. You are too kind in your intro. My goodness. Thank you so much. <laughs> hey, it's all my pleasure. It's hey, it's not every day that you get to talk to somebody who has left the, the stamp <laughs> and imprint on an industry that you have. So the honor is all mine, Bogey. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Well, Bogey, I, I know you're going to be dropping all kinds of knowledge on us at our Mastering the Difference <laughs> Conference for Christian Brothers Automotive. Yeah. And this right here is an opportunity, you know, for our team to really get some of those pre-insights from you, get some of that pre-knowledge. And I guess to really kick things off, I would love for you to just kind of tell us about yourself, where you come from, and how you really got started within the industry. Yeah, awesome. I'm happy to share. So let's see. Um, I grew up uh, just outside of New York City, and I had probably the least stereotypical path into automotive. Um, I... I did not grow up around a car culture. I mean, New York City is, you know, lots of people in New York City don't even drive because we've got <laughs> great public transportation. And um, it's just, it's not like a, a heavy kind of automotive scene. Um, and then nobody in my family is really into cars. I mean, my dad liked old cars. And, you know, once in a while we'd go to like a, a car show and, and look at the pretty cars. But it wasn't, you know, it wasn't like my dad was a mechanic or I grew up in the garage or anything like that. In fact, I grew up with very little interest in cars at all, really. Um, but I was, A, I was always a puzzle person. I always loved, you know, figuring things out, figuring out how they, they went together, how they came apart, um, how they how they worked, what made stuff tick. And, um, and then I was always in love with Volkswagen bugs. And um, I decided when I was like, I don't know, 12 years old, that my first, that my first car was going to be a Volkswagen Bug. And my parents were totally against this. <laughs> so um, I knew I had to buy it on my own, which meant it was going to have to be cheap. And therefore, we know what that means. It was not very good. Um, so when I was like 16, 17 years old, I, I bought my, my $500 1974 Volkswagen Bug. And I just... 
I really remember hating the way I felt when I had to bring it in for service or when I, you know, looked up information, even trying to figure out what kind of year Volkswagen I wanted to buy and, and you know, what differences and things to look for is I, I just noticed that there was this real absence of women. Um, so <laughs> that really like those two things kind of came together and I was like, what do you mean women aren't supposed to do this? Well, that makes me want to do it more. So I, I bought myself down in high school auto shop program. I was only the second girl in, in their, the entire high school's history to take auto shop. I was very discouraged from doing it. People didn't, you know, didn't think it was a good idea. And the, you know, the more people told me not to, the more it made me want to. And, um, I did not expect to fall in love with it, but I did. Um, I, I kind of, despite myself, fell in love with working on cars and, um, ultimately, you know, years later would wind up making a career out of it. That's kind of the, that's the intro story. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bogey, I absolutely love that. I, I think, one of the things that I, I've kind of noticed in, you know, different friends, different people that I've gotten to encounter that have achieved great things, that, you know, when you find yourself kind of that odd person out from what's around you, there's a different little yeah. fire. I, I feel like a lot of people can get shut down by that, but you get that small percentage like yourself that you take that and it's like, I'm going to prove people wrong. And I feel like that's exactly what you've done within the industry. Yeah, absolutely. I think you're, you, you, you got it dead on there. It's like when you're in anything, when you're in the minority, when there's challenges stacked against you, um, it either makes you or breaks you, right? It, it either scares you away and then we never see those people or it, it makes them that much more fiercely committed to the idea of it. Whereas if it comes easily, then it becomes kind of this, you know, I can take it or leave it. And, you know, I, it, it was fun. I did it for a little while and then I moved on. But when you've got that much of a struggle to get into something, and I think that's where, you know, sometimes I hear, you know, particularly older generation men will, uh, will say, and they, they, they're very proud of themselves because they've come around in their way of thinking that they're like, you know, I, I actually think that <laughs> the girls make better mechanics. Um, and, you know, I don't think it's that we make better mechanics. I don't think women make better mechanics necessarily at all. I think we all have different strengths that we bring to the table. And um, and when we work together and, and, and share our strengths um, and rely on each other, like that's when we're our strongest. But I do think that the women who make it in the industry tend to be really excellent because they want it that badly. They've pushed that hard. Uh, and because we tend to put a lot of pressure on ourselves because we feel like we have to be perfect because we feel like everybody's waiting for us to screw up. So there's a, a drive there that you don't often see otherwise. 100%. <laughs> One of the lanes that you're kind of stepping into there is just, it's different. It's something different from the norm. And over at Christian Brothers, I know one thing that I've really learned with my tenure there is automotive is one of those areas that it's, it's so easy to be different yet so many people aren't. And there's so many different opportunities <laughs> to do things different than what the, yes. the world has it perceived as. Yes. Oh, my goodness. You're so right. And we could probably talk for hours about this <laughs> because I, I so agree with you. And I think it's so fascinating to me that there, there hasn't been more you know, radical change and, and more progress and more doing things differently. Because, you know, as I, I talk... Uh, I talk to shop owners all the time. I teach um, culture and customer service and um, and that sort of thing. 
at uh, for independent shops as, as well as working with manufacturers. And I, I, I feel like I'm telling them all the time kind of jokingly, but I'm dead serious. Like the bar is so low, guys. <laughs> it takes so little to wow your customers. It takes so little to wow your employees because the automotive industry has become so like stuck in these really low expectations and and the the technicians don't have higher expectations for themselves they've kind of mostly resigned themselves so this is just the way it is and uh, the customers have resigned themselves but they they both want more right customers and employees want more and it takes so little to be that shop that is an amazing place to work and an amazing place to bring your car um, by just, I don't know, being good human beings and taking care of one another. It's that simple. Like, it really is. <laughs> I'm part of our training team over at CBA. And what, one of the things that I, I like to teach anytime we got our attendees in is I bring up the brand Bucky's. Ha, ha, Bogey, have you ever heard of the brand Bucky's, the, the just over the top gas stations? I have heard of it. I've never been, but I have heard stories. Yeah. yeah, and you talked about how easy it is to wow and be different. And, and one of the things I talk about with them to everyone that comes through is just, you know, they built their business off having clean bathrooms. I'm like... Right, like what a concept. Yes, <laughs> and like how you said, it's so simple in, in culture and just all of it. It's like it, there's not some magic button. It is genuinely is just being a good person. And yeah. when, I was, yeah. when I was watching your TED Talk, Bogey, there was so much that happened behind the scenes that, that I feel was so much bigger than automotive. It was huge on a cultural perspective. And when I was watching your TED Talk, there was so many moments that just, you know, really struck me. Could you speak to some of that? Just, you know, really your journey of restoring the montage and how it did, you know, really exemplify the idea of automotive repair being different. Yeah, absolutely. So I think, you know, it's all kind of part of the same thing, right? We've got you know, a lot of women who have an interest in cars, and some of them are, you know, older women who just were never afforded the opportunity uh, because back when, you know, women who were in their 50s and 60s, when they were young, it, you were not allowed to take auto shop. It was not acceptable. Um, and then you've got a lot of younger women who are starting to break into the industry or have interest in it, but they feel very isolated. They feel very alone. Um, it's that outsider thing where, you know, women make up about 2.1%, the number fluctuates, but about 2.1% of all mechanics. And so even though there's in numbers, there's quite a few of us, we're all very spread out. And therefore in wherever you're working, you may be the first, you may, you're likely the only, um, and you probably don't know anybody else around you who is like you. And so the power of the all female build was, bringing all of these women together to meet one another and work with one another and not to be, not to exclude men, right? It wasn't about excluding men. It was about creating a space where women could walk into a room and see other people like them and immediately be like, Oh my gosh, I'm not a weirdo. There's other people like me. And where they didn't have to deal with all of the rest of the crap that we tend to get in the industry, right? Like it was just, they walked into a space where it was assumed that they were competent and capable. And that doesn't always happen in the industry. They walked into a space where they, they recognize themselves and other people. And that 
definitely doesn't happen often in the industry. Um, I've had women say that it was the first time in their career that somebody had just handed them a task and then they went and did it and they weren't questioned with like, are you sure you know what you're doing? Do you need help, little lady? Right? <laughs> I love that so be much. Dramatic. So there was a real power that came out of those women connecting with each other. And I think that's, that's what it was about. It was a chance to breathe. It was a chance to have some confidence built. You know, a lot of the women in the industry kind of always feel that pressure and they always feel the eyes on them. And, and sometimes it's hard to not let that get into your own brain and start questioning yourself. You know, you hear enough times you don't belong, you're not good enough, all of those things. You start to question, well, maybe, maybe I'm not. Maybe I don't know what I'm doing. Maybe I can't handle this. And then they got to come to this space and be like, no, no, I do. <laughs> I do totally know what I'm doing and I can handle this. And I love this. And they went home reinvigorated and inspired. And, and now they had this secret weapon called a community of other women that they could reach out to and friends and peers that they could, they could call when they were having a bad day. And um, so those friendships started to grow organically all across the country. And that is, I think, what the power was, right, is just having that connection with other people. And then they went home and they did amazing things with their careers because they were on fire. You know? I, I love that so much. And one, one of the coolest parts about that, Bogey, is just I, I love how you took people and these women that felt like outsiders and helped them find it, that acceptance and a sisterhood. And I heard you refer to it, you know, as a tribe. And I just love that you were able to help so many people step outside their comfort zone and you challenged the norms and y'all were able to come out victorious. And one of the questions I would have for you with that is I, to pull anything like that off and to be able to inspire people and unify a team of any kind, it really, you know, takes a special kind of leadership and somebody to help keep people inspired. And, you know, I would love for you to just kind of share, you know, what you did to be able to help, you know, really lead from the front and from the back and how you were able to take that and contribute to creating a sense of unity within the team. Yeah, I, I appreciate that. And, and you're right. So in a way, yes, right. In a way there was like a ton of work that went into the behind the scenes, right? There's, there's all the organizing, there's all the parts ordering, the figuring out the sponsors. There's the fact that on any given day, it was a different group of women, right? So during these all-female builds, it's not like we have a team of women who are there throughout the month. People will come for a weekend. They'll come for a couple of days. They'll come for a week, maybe even a month. Um, but on any given day, it's a different group of six or so women. And so the challenge for me was, was how to you know keep the process going, even though the baton was constantly being handed off and very few things on the vehicles are done by any one person. It's like this person's going to come in and make the cut, and then the next person's going to weld it back up, and then the next person's going to, right? So it's kind of this constant passing of the baton, um, but also making space for the conversations where we're all sitting around sharing stories. And um, so there's a lot of challenge there. Um, I think the challenge for me as a leader was was to always constantly be keeping in mind what the purpose of the build was, right? The build's purpose was not perfection. The build's purpose was learning and connection and community. 
um, and and kind of proving a point to the to the broader industry. Um, and so, kind of keeping that in mind constantly and making that determine my decisions. But but that aside, like I can't really take credit for the magic that happens on these bills. I open the door. I create the space. I, I, I created the space and I invited people in. But the magic that happens is purely just the magic of connection and, and sharing a project and working alongside one another for what so many women was the first time working alongside other women. Um, so I, I can't claim... I can't claim all the power and all of the benefits of it. I simply opened the door and, it, and I'll be honest, it, uh, it, it blew me away because the impact it had on people, myself included, was so much bigger than I even knew possible. Um, but I think it's proof of the fact or of the idea that when you, when you go into a thing genuinely caring about people everything else falls into place and magic happens right like when you have a business you know we're not a business we're a we're a volunteer-based we're probably should be a nonprofit. we're not a nonprofit. we should be um but even in a business setting right if you if you genuinely care about your team and your people then they will genuinely care about each other because you've created that environment. And then they will genuinely care about the customers. And then everything else falls into place because you truly stand by your values. And it's not just a mission statement of like, we do amazing things. So we're <laughs> the best. And we love people. No, like we really believe it. And therefore everything is wonderful. Right. <laughs> I know that sounds really cheesy, but it's so true. No, when you genuinely care. Everything else falls into place. Not, it does not sound cheesy whatsoever. It's just, <laughs> you, y'all all had a real passion for each other. And what, one of the standouts, and I heard it during your Ted talk was, forgive me if I, if I say the name wrong, but was it Sienna that was battling cancer? Sana, I guess. Yes. Yeah. And, and when I saw like, about how she was able to find solace and strength in that project and described it as life-saving. I was just like, it's ev- all of this is so much bigger than just automotive or automotive repair or just, a, you know, the build of the, of the montage. It just, there's so much more to everything. And I love how you're speaking to the heart behind what you do. And that, that's one thing that I've had, you know, so many different guests discuss. And it's just the heart behind the art, the heart behind the mission is truly what matters and it's like like you said you can say all day long here's my mission statement here's my core values but unless you're truly living that out day to day and you're gonna give up or you're gonna fall short of what kind of culture you truly do want created absolutely and people see through it right people see through it like the the joke of having like a mission that we love our customers but then your customers overhear you yelling at your staff they see through it. Like you don't genuinely like people. You're just faking it because you want my money, right? <laughs> <laughs> they can feel it. And gosh, it's and you know, I do this for women in the industry because, you know, that's my experience and where I come from. But I really believe that men in the industry are also really craving a more meaningful work experience where they don't have to deal with the hazing environment that's so prevalent in the automotive industry, where they don't have to deal with the, the constant like 
joking and ribbing and making fun of one another and pulling pranks and all of that kind of stuff. And instead where they can really feel respected for the amazing, you know, magicians that they are, right? Like we work on rocket ships on wheels. Like cars today are so (laughs) freaking complicated and we deserve so much respect as technicians. And yet we so seldom get it and we're craving that and, and, that confidence boost of being respected is just so sorely lacking in the automotive industry. And so I just applaud any, any organization, any company, any shop that is like really doing something to change that. And kind of to your point of what you brought up earlier is like when you're part of something bigger, it's more powerful when it's just an auto repair shop, like, Oh, we just fix cars. Then, then that's whatever. I can get a job here. I can get a job there. I can go wherever. Mm-hmm. But when you work for a company that is like, we care about doing things differently and they really mean it, then it's not just a job. Then it's, then it's a community and then it's a purpose and it's a passion. I feel like that community is just such a big part of it. And I just love how you do keep speaking to the culture. Is, is there anything that, you know, when you kind of look back on, you know, everything that you've achieved and how these teams have been brought together. Is there any big standout of, you know, just any certain ways that you could share with our team of just how you were able to foster and create that ongoing. And I I feel like ongoing is the, is the big word there of just that incredible culture that you have, you know, achieved creating. Yeah. You know, the, the bills are a challenging reference point because it's women kind of constantly coming and going. But when I own my, my general repair shop, um, you know, I'll, I'll be lying if I say that every day was PT Keen, perfect, <laughs> wonderful, everybody got along and loved each other. I mean, we know that that's not realistic. Um, but I, I will say that I think the key is communication and, and consistency. I mean, obviously mm. being genuine is the first and foremost number one rule. Like it has to be genuine. It has to be authentic. It has to be real. You can't fake this. Um, but then on top of that, it's like 99% of the world's problems, I believe, come from miscommunication. And so when we make it so fundamental to our operations that you are consistently communicating and working on your communication skills and working to improve your communication skills and working through when there are bumps in the road by talking through them, um, that is a, a really crucial piece of it. So. Regular shop meetings are so important. Regular stand-up meetings are so important. And um, addressing issues in a way that is not about pointing fingers, not about casting blame, right? It's never about like, you know, this person screwed up. And instead, it's about, okay, we had a stumbling block here. Something went awry. How do we fix it? And where where did the where did the ball get dropped? And how do we fill that hole in our process so it doesn't happen again? Because none of us want to see it happen again. Um, and really bringing the team together and showing we are we are all crucially dependent on one another. No one of us does this alone, right? I think kind of a chronic issue within a lot of repair shops is that. You know, the service advisors think that they're doing all the hard work because they have to deal with the customers. And the techs think that they're doing all the hard work because they're working physical <laughs> labor out in the back and they're making all the money for the company. And everybody thinks that they're the most important player, right? Yes. <laughs> and that yes. everybody else sucks. So, <laughs> so it's kind of having that constant conversation of like, 
hey, none of us have anything to do if the person answering the phones doesn't convince the person on the other end to come in and trust us with their vehicle. None of us has anything to do if the technician can't diagnose the car properly and the service advisor doesn't sell the work properly and we don't leave the customer feeling amazing by the time they've gone home and a week after they leave and they want to come back again. We're all out of business. If we're not all playing our part, every single person within the organization, even if it's just a person cleaning the bathroom, right? Because everybody likes a clean bathroom. <laughs> and so yes. it's all it's all an important part of the process. And I don't care how small your job is, even if your job is watering plants or replacing toilet paper, your job is crucial to making this operation tick and work the way it's supposed to. And I think that's, that's the heart of, of it is like that constant having that conversation and keeping that, front of mind always um and then there's an element of like this has got to be fun right yes i always looked at it with my repair shop as i wanted to make bringing your car in for service not scary to people and dare i say even fun because nobody thinks about bringing their car in for service as being fun but what if we tried to make it fun so the less it feels like car repair the better in my mind So the less it feels like work, the better. So yes, it's a job. And yes, we have things to do. And yes, we have goals that we have to meet. However, like if if you're dancing in your bay while you're getting work done, I'm excited. (laughs) I'm happy, right? Like if we're eating ice cream bars when it's hot out in between jobs, like let's do things that bring the fun and the community and the connection back into it so that it stays feeling like, something bigger than just punching a clock. You, you could not be more right. And I love that you hit on just enjoying the process and making it bigger than work and really in just loving being there and, and it being just, I'm not just working a job. And our Mastering the Difference theme and our entire theme for the organization this year is fixing cars, driving joy. And, and the joy is one of those pieces I feel that can be so easily lost. And you couldn't mm-hmm. be more correct that it so much of that does get lost just within simple communication. And so much yeah. can be solved by that. And, and Bogey, I, I think you have just already shared so much incredible knowledge, so much insight, and just a, a sincereness um, today with everybody. Before we kind of, you know, call it a day, is there anything else that you would want to share out to the team all the listeners and just to kind of walk away with, you know, just any last nugget that that may be on your heart, maybe on your mind right now. Absolutely. I have two. One is if you're not already signed up to go to the Mastering the Difference conference, make sure you do so because I want to see you there. So that's number one. (laughs) Yes. Yes. Thank you, Bogey. (laughs) And then the last thing I will say is, is this, the, the most dangerous phrase in the English language is this is the way it's always been done. And as an industry, we have, we have not traditionally been a, a highly respected career path, although we deserve to be. Um, there's a lot of bad stereotypes about auto mechanics, grease monkeys, and auto shops as being out to take advantage of you. There's a lot of negative stereotypes out there. And unfortunately, there are a lot of people who reinforce those stereotypes, sadly. But we collectively as technicians, as service advisors, as parts people, as service managers, 
um, we get to determine what the future of this industry looks like in how we behave every day, how we talk to one another, the, the jokes that we tell, the stories that we share, how we present ourselves out in the world. Every day, every decision we make is part of determining what the future of our industry looks like and whether we will see a future where we get the respect that we deserve, that we get paid what we deserve, where we get to see this industry seen in the light that it deserves to be seen in. And so it is up to us. I believe we can do it. I believe we can make a difference. And just know that every day, every decision you make, it matters. And that you are important. You are vital to this world. You are valued. And I don't care what anybody else has ever told you. You are important. And you're appreciated. Bogey, again, you are just so genuine, so authentic. And I know that everybody today is going to be walking away better than they were before. And I cannot wait for everybody (laughs) to hear you speak at the Mastering the Difference Conference. Thank you so much for being here, Bogey. Thank you. I really appreciate the opportunity, and I'm excited to see everybody at the conference. Yes, we'll be excited to see you, too. Have a wonderful (laughs) one. Thank you, too. Now, that was an incredible conversation with the one and only Bogey. Her journey of restoring the montage with a diverse team of women is truly inspiring, and I hope that you were just as captivated and motivated by her story as I was. Now, if you want to stay in contact with Bogey, be sure to give her a follow on Instagram at Bogey's Garage, or for more in-depth information, be sure to visit her at www.bogeysgarage.com. Now, before we wrap up, I want to leave you with a powerful message from Bogey's journey. You have the power to create a culture of excellence, embrace a different approach in automotive repair, and lead from the front while supporting from the back. Remember, it can be very easy to make a difference. So go ahead, connect with your tribe, your team, your colleagues, and together, let's keep pushing boundaries, fostering unity, and serving with excellence to drive joy in every guest interaction. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode of the Next Level Leadership Podcast. If you love this conversation as much as I did, make sure to follow us and subscribe to our podcast for more empowering talks with industry leaders. Until next time, my friends, connect with your tribe, drive joy, and lead with passion. This is Cameron Giddings signing off.